Hey, this is Bex on Not Quite a Wallflower on Instagram and TikTok saying hi hi to you if you're Scotland. And you're listening to the All About Nothing podcast. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by GOT Sound Studio. GOT Sound Studio offers a variety of experiences. Music, voice, and instrumental recording and production, video, and still photography. GOT Sound Studio has all of your media needs met. Owned and operated by Dominique Stewart, the Neek the Geek, experienced artists as well as up-and-coming will find everything they need to create. Bring your media needs to one of the most talented producers and engineers in the business, Neek the Geek. You can find details by visiting gotsoundstudio.com or calling 803-243-2302. You can also find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. The All About Nothing podcast may have content and language. That isn't appropriate for some. Listener discretion is advised. It's Monday, January 29th, and this is episode 191 of the All About Nothing podcast. I am Bear Gruber, and this week is a super fun crossover episode with Dr. Tom and Dr. Randy, hosts of the podcast sensation Here for the Health of It, recorded here in Columbia, South Carolina from the podcast studio at Columbia Family Chiropractic, where both of them, as I mentioned, are doctors of chiropractic medicine. And we'll get into that in just a minute. Lots of fun, and I look forward to you all hearing it. First, shout out to Emily Mayer, candidate for Bluffton Town Council, for sitting down with me and discussing her background, platform, and campaign. If you haven't listened to it yet, definitely go out there and check it out, episode number 190. The Bluffton special election is on February 13th, and as a friend, I'm hoping that she sees a win and all the success, because based on getting to know Emily and uh, not knowing anything about her opponent, Bluffton, South Carolina will definitely benefit from her election. So if you're in Bluffton, above all else, make sure you vote. And uh, if you value my opinion, Emily Mayer is fantastic, and I believe she will work hard to build a strong future for Bluffton while also maintaining the beauty and heritage of this coastal town. Besides that, thank you again to Dr. Tom and Dr. Randy and their fantastic engineer, Brett, whom through the entire episode I keep calling Brad. I've already apologized to him for that, but uh, if you know me, you know I get people's names wrong all of the time. So with that said, let's get it started. This is the All About Nothing podcast with Dr. Tom and Dr. Randy of the podcast, Here for the Health of It. Is podcasting your full-time? No. No, no, no. I, 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 uh, I work as a, uh, I do quality, assur- uh, quality assurance uh, software testing for insurance uh, software company called Duck Creek. Oh. And uh, so like property and casualty. That sort of thing. That's really. Yeah. Tom loves the insurance world. I do. Oh. Not pro. I mean, property and casualty, not so much. I'm lo- I like the whole life. I used to work in benefit administration. Uh, I was a uh, I was a primary analyst for a uh, a benefit the benefit first company over on Fernandina Road. Uh, and prior to that, I worked at Blue Cross Blue Shield, working in like provider services. So. Yes, which is a pain in the ass for us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why? What? It, we might need to talk about it on the show. I mean. <laughs> Because I just don't understand why Blue Cross Blue Shield, as big as it is, it's so hard to do anything with them. So I work, I work primarily in Medicare. Yeah, uh, but just as difficult. I mean, it, and and honestly, any time a doctor's office would call in and say like, "What you know? Why are my bills not? Why can't I get paid? Why can't Medicare right, pay me? Right. Whatever." I'm just like your diagnosis codes, man. If you just if the, if you look at your ICD-10, look at your your diag your your procedure codes and and match them yeah and the money will come in you know and that's all was that kind of like the scripted canned answer for you guys is no the, oh, the scripted the canned real. answer was your billing department needs to go back to your icd 910 books and and take care of that gotcha. like but i would i i was 
The only the only time I ever had any like disgruntled doctor's office was a was a podiatrist out in Myrtle Beach, and uh, he would call in, and the first thing he would say was he'd go he he'd recognize my voice <laughs> despite the fact that I gave an introduction. I was like, you know, uh, Medicare customer services, Barrett, how can I help you? And he'd go he'd go. Where the fuck is my money? And I, I go, hey, hey, Doctor Tyson, how you doing today? He go, he go, I just need to know where my money is. And I said, well, let's check. When did you submit those claims? And he'd be like, I submitted them three days ago. And I was like, did you submit them electronically? And he's like, uh, yeah, I did. I said, great. It's going to be two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you want me to check see how they're doing? Because in the system, you could already check. And he'd yeah, be like, yeah. yeah, yeah, check see how they're doing. I said, up, oh, they've already failed. And he goes, he goes, well, why did they fail this time? I said, well, you didn't include any ICD-9 codes this time. And uh, and then he would yell at me. At one point, uh, he got, I got, I, actually, one of the phone calls that I got QA'd on, he says, uh, he uh, he goes, uh, I don't, he was just, he had a real bad attitude. So I was being a little, I was giving it back a little bit to yeah. him. But I was being real friendly about it. Right. And uh, and that particular phone call got QA'd by our by our like QA department. Like, yeah. So I get I get this thing in the mail and I'm looking at or I get this thing in my my mailbox saying uh that I had failed a QA because I was being and and what they wrote down was I was being <laughs> to them. And I looked at it and I go I said I said someone should QA this. Yeah. Uh, cuz I don't think or HR I, this. Yeah, I went back to them and they were like, "Oh, we meant to put Kurt uh, Kurt, Kurt was what you were being, but he 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 just had a real bad attitude, and he said he said I've been a podiatrist for he said he said Howard? I've been a doctor for fifteen years, and I said I said well you're a podiatrist, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> How were they submitted? Were they like submitting? Because our software doesn't allow us to submit anything without the proper information. I don't know. Like when I hand like I think of like handwritten notes. Or just at the time, I think his billing in. department was run by a couple toddlers. Yeah, and uh, you know so. Ultimately, because he was the one calling, I had to suspect that the reason that he didn't know what was going on right. was because these people weren't telling him. Right. So, you know, you live and learn. Yeah. Insurance always seems like a scam. Yeah. Well, okay. So my opinion on insurance is it is a scam. Uh, I'm paying into something that a mass of people are all paying into at the same time. Uh, very few people actually do anything to collect on any of the insurance. Right. Uh and then when you do, you have to fight them for it. My, my daughter is literally having surgery tomorrow to remove a, uh, a piece of metal and uh, screws from where she broke her arm two yeah, years ago. Yeah. And uh, insurance company calls and they said, uh, you know, well, it's, you know, it's January, so you haven't met your deductible. And I was like, yeah, I know. And they said, so uh, this is, this is going to be the total uh, plus the $800 for deductible for the year. And I said, yeah, I know. They said, you want to talk about it at all? And I was like, no, I get it. I said, she said, I, I said, there's no way for me to, to, to like say, just happen to recognize that $26,000 was paid into insurance last year. And for some reason, right. you know, you all can't just go, well, because you've been with us for however many years. It's, I mean, right. it's the same as a car insurance, right? Like, this idea of a deductible, and then you're going to have adjusters that have to, you know, the whole it thing is, crazy. is nonsense. It really is. There, And there's no way to get around it either. Yeah. It's, there, I was watching a thing on Instagram that was talking about if you go to a pharmacy, there would be the cash price that is, oh, yeah. let's say, $2. Yeah, yeah. And then if they find out that you have insurance, yeah. they are not allowed to tell you the cash price. Right. And they have to bill you the full insurance price, which might be $16. And then you're 
deductible or your copay right. is $8. So you, if you walked in there and said, I have no insurance, you'd pay $2. If you walk in and say you have insurance, you pay $8. And then insurance pays another $8. It's, it's, uh, it, it, is, it is easily one of the biggest uh, scams that's uh, ever gone on, I think. Yeah. I saw a video where these two guys were. Uh, it was a it was a um, a satire comedy sort of skit where these two guys were coming up how they were going to take care of themselves for like the rest of their lives and insurance was what they come up with. It, it was basically so this is the de- this is the deal. We're going to convince people that they have to pay into something that uh, is going to take care of them if something happens to them. And he says, "Oh, that sounds that sounds great. That sounds like something we should you know that people be taking care of." And he said, "But here's the here's the catch. They're going to get hurt." And then we're going to tell them uh, that uh, that wasn't covered. <laughs> and then we're going to convince them they have to keep paying us. Yeah. It's so true. It's Just good. ridiculous. Uh, well, so, te- so I guess tell us about your podcast. I, I guess I'll, I'll tell everyone. Quick intro. intro? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ten minutes in. Uh, this. So you're, we're on the Here for the Health of It podcast. We are doing a co-podcast yeah. with the All About Nothing podcast. Which we've had beef with you for a while. See, and I didn't know we had beef. Oh, we've had big beef. You know the saying, keep your friends close and your enemies close. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> that's why that's we're fair. doing this. I accept. Uh, but we, we thought we were a shoe in for the Best of Columbia podcast. We were basically thought we were guaranteed number one. Do you know how much money it costs to pay an entire Indian call center to go out? And <laughs> it's, it's not cheap. So 2024, that's, that's my suggestion. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so tell everyone kind of your name. I'm, I'm Dr. Yeah. Randy. I'm here with Dr. Tom. And then tell everyone how your podcast got started and what it oh, what it looks yeah. like. So uh, my name is Barrett Gruber. Uh, I actually moved here from Atlanta. I worked in uh, radio and TV for years before I moved here uh, and figured out that uh, there is no money to be made in radio TV unless you are quite literally the morning show. Uh, and uh, I, after, honestly, after... 2016 election where Donald Trump got in, uh, I recognized that uh, where I worked uh, as my full-time job at the time, uh, I I couldn't voice my opinion because there were a number of people around me that had different opinions. They were allowed to voice theirs. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. And so I decided that I was, I, I, I guess I was going to take advantage of the equipment that I already had. So Every Wednesday night, Thursday night, I would sit down in front of a microphone and basically just a con, just a, a stream of consciousness about some of what I had seen in the news or things like that. I would just uh, go ahead and just record something and put it out there. I mean, at the time, I was literally and, and Brad may know, but I was literally just writing the XML code to to put to publish it out to all of the. I was storing all of the media files on my own server, really? uh, and then uh, and then. Yeah, and I guess COVID hit, uh, and uh, the election of 2020 came around, and, and the show was pretty much uh, political. So we call it the all about nothing, but it's almost always about something. Right. Uh, I know that uh, I think in the free times when, when we won uh, Best of Columbia that they said that it was kind of like Seinfeld and that you know had, shows about nothing seem to be entertaining. Uh, they're not. Um, <laughs> they... Uh, uh, so essentially, it's it, it was always it, it wound up in 2020 being me and two other guys just sitting down and, and hashing out some of the news stories that we would we would read uh, and, uh, and 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 go over 
you know, what our opinion on that would be. And, and, and we tried to have, we would have guests that either had the same opinion or uh, different opinions. Uh, currently, we're in another election year. So a lot of the guests that I have on right now are either politicians or yeah. people that have just been elected. Uh, we recently had the, uh, the mayor Blythewood on, uh, Sloan uh, Griffin, who is nice. fantastic. Uh, Tim Miles in West Columbia, who is also a terrific guest and, and very knowledgeable about everything going on. Uh, we're going to have uh, the uh, your Richland County coroner on very soon mm-hmm. uh, because I uh, we we connected at uh, at an event recently where I didn't know she was a coroner because <laughs> I but uh, uh, I I worked at a radio station in rural Georgia where I had a morning show where I worked for the county coroner who no ran kidding. the radio station. Uh, and the interview that I did with him for that job uh, was on like an August, a really warm August evening. <laughs> I was sitting in the radio station with the, uh, the, the, the station manager who was uh, waiting for him to come in. She kept telling me, she said, he'll be here. He'll, he'll be here in just a minute. He was working in an accident. He's on his way. I said, great. So he comes, he finally gets there about 45 minutes late. We're sitting down. We did the interview. Everything worked out. He offered me the job. I want. He wanted me to come in the next morning to sit with the guy that was leaving, and uh, I, I, I was perfectly, uh, I was perfectly fine with everything until uh, we parted ways, and I walked outside, and uh, the 1987 uh, LTD wagon uh, was running in the parking lot. Oh God! Uh, and I walked back in, and I said, "Hey, uh, Sid, you left you left your car on." He goes, "Oh, don't worry about it. The air conditioner's running." And I said, "Hold on, what?" He said, "He said, well, I can't take the bodies to the morgue. We had to do your interview." I was like, "There's, there's bodies in the morgue." Okay. So yeah, two bodies sitting in there. No uh, way. That that story carried me through the rest of my employment with that radio station. That's funny. <laughs> I, you know what? I I feel like does she do ads? I get her stuff on my Instagram a ton. Yes. Well, so I don't know if they're ads or just like, but she's she's singer. definitely out there like yeah. like making she's I I I have not I've not had uh, the conversation with her specifically on like you know what her intentions are but right. uh, she's a Rutherford and a Rutherford's name carries a lot of weight in South gotcha. Carolina so I, I I feel like her aspirations are probably further than just coroner not to say that coroner's sure, not sure you know kind of entry yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, to get paid to carry, go around and investigate crime, you know, like yeah. death, you know, seems kind of interesting. I, yeah. And I always pictured coroners as being just like a really skinny, dorky guy Not in her. the back room. I know. And she's good looking too. Not her. Yeah. So she may, she may have more aspirations because I, I, when I, um, looked at her Instagram page, I found the same thing. I was like, yeah. this doesn't seem like what I think a coroner yeah. normally does or looks like. Uh, all right. So tell, and then. I want to go back to this media thing because that was probably a real weird place to work in 2015 and 2016. And now I think it's pretty clear that most of the media is bought and paid for by the pharmaceutical companies. And they're scared to say anything about any pharmaceutical company because they'll lose something like 80% of their advertising if they decide. Uh, Have you seen the videos where they say, brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer. And it's just one after the other after the other. And they're just repeating the same thing. Uh, So then the trust in media, I think, has plummeted. Yeah. And which is fueling podcasts. I don't watch the media at all now. In fact, if you paid me to watch it, I would still <laughs> would probably refuse to watch it. I mean, I have a threshold, you know. 
Well, how do you know what's true and what's not true because it's all being censored and bought bought by pharmaceutical companies? That's a that's a that's a really good question. Uh, Honestly, I think that if if it comes down to something doesn't sound like it makes sense, then I usually don't trust it. Um, I mean, even like when it comes down to like political stuff, uh, if 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 I hear something or I read something that just sounds completely outlandish or just just so far out in right field that that it doesn't uh, it, it can't be true. Uh, you know, there's places you can research it, like news, AP or Reuters. Those are those are pretty credible sources when it comes to like what's being reported. So, you know, but you're right when it comes to like uh, medication or advertisements or anything like that. I mean, you guys being chiropractors, like how often do you all uh, recognize that, say, someone's been talked into some sort of pain medication that they don't really need? Yeah, it's constantly the entire Oxycontin. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Pet epidemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so ultimately, I think it really comes down to people having to do their own research to figure out what it is that, you know, you can't you can't watch some of this stuff on the news and and put a lot of faith into. I mean, local reporting, I'll give you local reporting for the most part, you know, your your TV stations and and news radio stations, things like that here in Colombia, I think. I have a lot more faith in what it is they're reporting. It's some of the side reports that I can tell they're right. kind of being forced into doing because everyone that or, or everyone that works under whatever umbrella that is, yeah. uh, and not to sound conspiratorial, but they're definitely having worked in TV and news, uh, radio, and things like that. I, I recognize that there is a certain uh, there is a message that even even when I worked in the '90s, like I was in radio and television really? in the '90s, and you know, there was there was always a message. One of the big radio stations I worked for in Atlanta was uh, WKHX, and at the time was owned by ABC Disney. Uh, and I, I don't know if you remember, so ABC Disney, well, ABC was the one that broke the story back in the mid-'90s about the um, Firestone tires exploding uh, while people were driving around. Do you remember yeah, any yeah, of that? No, I don't. Oh, how old are you guys? I mean, he or, looks 50, yeah. but... <laughs> I'm, I just I'm turned forty. <laughs> so there was uh, Firestone went was under fire for uh, having tires that on the highway under less than extreme conditions would potentially explode and cause tra- accidents and, and there were deaths and things like that. So I worked for uh, I worked for a news agency that was trying to do a report on that that was owned by ABC Disney, yeah. and at the time they. Uh, the idea was is we want to show how these tires explode. Well, we couldn't. Uh, we, we were at the BMW test, tra- te- test track up in uh, Gainesville. Yeah. And uh, Gainesville, Greenville. That's a Georgia address, Gainesville. <laughs> uh, but, they, uh, but at one point, they, were, they literally were trying to shove firecrackers into drilled holes to try and get these tires to explode. Because it wasn't that they were trying to say, yes, these tires are bad right. and this is why you shouldn't right. get them. But what they were trying to do was showing – you know, how far along or, or what extreme conditions existed for these tires to explode. Couldn't do it. Huh. it. It just wouldn't happen. So there wasn't any, there, the, it almost killed the story. Um, Food Lion's a big grocery store here in yeah. South Carolina. It's a big grocery store across the Southeast from Virginia all the way to Texas. Sure. And at one time, uh, Food Lion was considered the, one, of, one of the largest uh, grocery, for, grocery store chains. And... Uh, they were they were it's so successful that the home city of Salisbury, North Carolina, had more millionaires per capita than any other any other city or you know in the country, 
And uh, then uh, there was a report about bad meat at Food Lion, mm-hmm. crushed Food Lion. Mm-hmm. And, and that was mostly because I, there was a, a, an interest in making Food Lion look bad by the news media. Really? And, that was, and, that, and that hurt them a lot. They've come back pretty good, but you know that was a, that was a big, big thing, and it hurt right. them. Right, right. The amount of control is pretty wild when it comes to media. I mean, yeah. I, and it never became, I mean, it was never apparent to me outside of the last decade. Like I just, I never was a news person. My grandparents were big, always on the, you know, always watching the news, both at five and six o'clock or whatever it was. And then again at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, and I just, I just never understood the point of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, even if it was like, oh, so-and-so got murdered on this street, it was like, I don't know if I want to know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, if I don't know that, I, nothing ever changed my life with the news. So when you, with your show, do you, how do you pick and choose like how much and what do you look at to, I guess, take and create your opinions? Um, so I was, I was born and raised in Atlanta and uh, I have parents that are uh, very uh, liberal, uh, very Democrat liberal, have, yeah. have always supported the Democrats. Uh, I moved to South Carolina, and uh, my first marriage uh, was into a family that was very conservative. Interesting. Uh, and and at the time, while I didn't necessarily agree with some of their views, I did sort of find that I meandered into agreeing with them on certain things. And I and and ultimately, what I came to realize is I can be a social liberal while also being a fiscal conservative. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so a lot of my opinions on some of the things that, uh, that go on in, in our nation and in our world are, are from what I believe is a more centered uh, area. Yeah. Uh, you know, you hear moderate or you hear, you know, central, centered, you know, uh, but, you know, those, those still tend to try and uh, attach themselves to parties. Sure. Um, you know, the, the, the idea that when a, a president will like Biden ran on a very liberal, uh, liberal campaign, uh, policies and things like that. And then of course, when you, when he gets into office, he winds up having to center himself, right? Because you're not just representing that party, you're representing the entire country. Um, so for me, when I look at news stories and things like that, I try to, I, I try to assess what sort of, uh, who does this, first of all, who does this benefit? Yeah. Uh, is it is it is it for the benefit of people that need to be benefit of, or is it or is it designed to benefit a candidate or a specific corporation or something like that? And and so I I try to take that into account because in my head corporations are always are always going to be the bad guys. Right. Uh, not they aren't, but that that's just sort of where my head winds up going. Uh, but I I look at stories and things like that that wind up drawing the most emotion out of me. Gotcha. Uh, and that's how that's how I generally try decide to what, yeah decide yeah. what I talk about or report on. Nice. Um, Ron DeSantis dropping out of uh, the the presidential candidacy uh, don't really care. But what effect does that have on South Carolina? Because uh, Nikki Haley, who I didn't think was a bad governor in South Carolina, right, I, right. I, I thought I thought she was a decent governor. She didn't do a whole lot to change. She did have a, a pretty serious natural disaster under her belt when she was governor. Uh, with all the flood, the historic flooding and everything, and I thought she handled that pretty well. It's pretty easy to do when when your when your staffs are all when 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 
the emergency management's all funded well. Right. Uh, and you have town councils and, and governors and mayors and things all over the place that are, that are doing their jobs efficiently. Uh, so, but my suspicion is, is that after Nevada's uh, primary, she will probably drop out. So what effect does that have on South Carolina? Right. Does that mean that we have to have a primary at the end of February for one candidate that's still running? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And, and, and as myself, I am very passionate about voting. Uh, if uh, Everyone should vote. And uh, I feel like there's not enough education when it comes to voting. So the next time I, we record, one of the subjects that we'll talk about is specifically the effect of having one candidate on both ballots or, you right. know, for both parties. This, I mean, it's, it, we've never been this early in the primary season Damn. for there to only be one candidate yeah, for both parties. interesting. It's yeah. weird. And I love the idea of, the, of podcasts with political... Um, like big name political people being on them because you can hear them for an hour and a half actually hash out what their policies are and what they believe. Um, I think Joe Rogan started doing that and it was amazing to sit there and listen to like a Bernie Sanders or an yeah. RFK who yeah. you, if the only other place that you would really see them is on the news and you knew it was filtered. I, yeah. I always just watch the news and like kind of your point, we play this game with the news where you, someone lies you, you watch someone say something and then you play this game where you're like, are they lying or are they not lying? And realizing, wait a minute, I'd rather just listen to this person talk for an hour and a half yeah. than two minutes in a filtered little news cycle that, you know, you, you don't know if it's true or it's not or it's been edited or it hasn't been edited. I want to know where these candidates grew up, what sort of environment they grew up in, right. like, like what was their family life like? I want, to, I want to hear conversations where somebody's trying to go in-depth on who the person is and not necessarily just what they believe in policies because the policy thing for me is the weakest part. That's, that's where I don't necessarily believe that they'll get into office and they'll say, we're going we're gonna to fix this or we're going to fix that. Okay, you're going to fix this, but why is it that you want to fix this? How, you know, you show me the reason for for what it is that you want to do, why? Uh, and and you can I think you can get a lot of that idea of what a person represents if you get them to discuss how they develop these opinions. You know, what was the environment they grew yeah, up yeah. in? Uh, I had you, you talked about big candidates. Marianne Williams is running. For, Marianne Williamson is running for president against Joe Biden right now. Uh, I had her on our our show back in June, nice. uh, and ultimately, uh, I I enjoyed talking to her. I think when it comes to policies and and things, I think I agree with her fundamentally uh, on on a lot of the issues that she's running on. But Biden already represents a lot of those, right? Uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, he believes that healthcare should be available for everybody. Yeah, I do too. She believes the same. Uh, she believes that our military is probably a little bit enlarged and we spend a lot more money on it than, than she thinks. And I agree with that. Uh, is it the right time for Marianne Williamson to run? No, there's already an incumbent and there's, there's very little hope. And now what, now what's happening is you're forcing and then you got this other Dean Phillips out there who's running it too, but you're forcing a party that doesn't have a lot of money for campaigning for a president who's already incumbent, uh, you're forcing that party to now run primaries in states across the country that that's spending that money. Just pointless spending. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I think ultimately, I think that's one of the issues that I have with campaigning in general. I right. love the way the UK does it. You get you get this allotted amount of time to start your campaign and then it finishes before the election and, and there's that's nothing it. before that. That is interesting. It's nice. Well, and it used to be, because uh, I'd be interesting where her stance is, that the right side was always wanting to go to war. And yeah. Because I remember growing up and it was like George Bush taking everybody to war and now... It seems like it's switched where now maybe the left side wants to go to war more. I, I can't figure out who what side is doing what or I where think, the, where to have a stance. Yeah, I think the fundamentals of where both parties stand on that still is is pretty much the same. So Republicans want a small military. Republicans, when I grew up, always wanted a small military, but send it everywhere. The Democrats wanted a large military and send it nowhere uh, because Ultimately, they're both subscribed right. to this idea that the military complex still requires us to keep building. But yeah, that was that was, you know, and, and you can kind of see it in Trump's campaigns now. Uh, he wants to make sure that the war in Ukraine is done. He wants to make sure the war in, in Israel and, and Palestine is done. That that those that those are done. He doesn't he doesn't want there to be a war during his presidency. And I I support that. I don't I don't want there to be a right. war. I'd, I'd prefer that everybody just got along. Yeah. Uh, but. So that kind of feeds into the idea that, yeah, Republicans want this really large military that they can or, – or smaller military with the best technology that they can send everywhere, uh, but not be because we're at war. Just the idea that we're just dominating by size and technology. And then the Democrats, you know, we haven't sent troops to into Israel. We haven't sent troops into Ukraine. Because ultimately, the Democrats don't want to send the they don't want to send the troops into into different locales for a war. Right, right. Where do we benefit? You know. So when you have guests on that say you differ in their opinion completely, how does that go? How does that normally like? How do you you know control yourself? How do you, what does that look like? It just uh, so we don't we wind up we ask a lot of guests to come on that have different opinions. Um, my state house senator, uh, state senator Katrina Sheely, is someone that I would really like to have on the show. I've tried to get Joe Wilson, who's the yeah, congressman yeah. that represents us. Uh, they 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 won't come on. Really? Um, and and ultimately, I, I I try to express, you know, I'm I'm very fair. So essentially, in the situation where someone comes on that has a different opinion. I want them to tell us why they have a different opinion. Right. Don't don't give me a bunch of talking points or what you've seen right. uh, somebody else give. I want I want to know why it is you feel the way you do. Yeah. And and honestly, if they if there's a good reason for it, which uh, it's not for me to judge, I just want to hear it. Sure. And I, I'd like for everyone to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in that situation, different opinions I think make for the most interesting conversation. That's what I always think. I I, I always go back to like why. If you even in health, like in our world in healthcare, like we are on the opposite side of most healthcare type of issues and debates and different things, and I'm always open to talking about those. In other words, like if we feel strongly, like we were t talking about medications and insurance and and different things um, before the show or early on, and it's like, well, let's talk, let's talk that out. Whether somebody feels strongly about like just vaccination, for example, it's like, yeah. well, feel strongly about vaccination. Then let's talk about the points of like people, or let's hear why um, maybe we don't need so uh, such a strong stance on vaccines. Um, same with politics. I don't understand why there isn't just more of that—the communicating at a, at a civil level and just talking out like, why do you believe this way and Letting them be okay to say like I don't know, 
I think, I think a lot of the reason that we don't hear that there is good communication going on between politicians and things like that is because it doesn't make for good television. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a representative out of North Carolina, Jeff Jackson. I'm sure everybody's seen the, seen his TikToks. He's, he's, he's very forthcoming. He's very transparent. Uh, but one of the things that, that he has expressed in his TikToks, which I have heard from friends that work in Washington, D.C., is that when the cameras are on, that's when the Marjorie Taylor Greens are batshit. Right. And, but as soon as the cameras are off, everybody's work. Well, not maybe not her, but they're all, they all come together and they're all kind working talk, to try and yeah. Yeah, move legislation yeah. on. Uh, and I think ultimately the media has created this, this, right. when there isn't that infighting going on or when there isn't the stability, it doesn't make for good television. So you can't constantly have a banner running right. across the bottom of CNN saying, you know, uh, Lauren Boebert was, you know, in a movie theater and got <laughs> caught, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't make for good television. Yeah. Well, and even the Nancy Pelosi thing with how much money she's made, I always hear about that and it's just a good talking point. Yeah. But then I never get, there's never anything further where I can figure out, is she really that good at investing that she can just be worth hundreds of millions of dollars? If she's in Congress, my opinion is, is she shouldn't be allowed to be doing this sort of investing. 100%. There's, there's too much. Look, when, when, when Bernie Sanders, and I was a Bernie Sanders guy, uh, mostly because I believe that Medicare is one of the greatest things that the United States has created because it operate it it does what it's supposed to do, but it operates with less than a two percent overhead cost. My insurance, eighty five cents of every dollar that goes into my insurance or that I pay towards a premium, is going to pay for board members and wow travel and and you know bonuses and things like that and that to me is absurd that's insane 85 yeah. is wild. 15 cents is going towards uh uh medical me, or you know uh medicine yeah, paying and, out and their medical like yeah, yeah wow dang no wonder they have to reject everything yeah exactly <laughs> it's it's just it's ridiculous but bernie sanders when he was running uh and and this was i guess against i guess this was in the second election but he had written a book well he got he signed a book deal and I, whatever the book deal was for it pushed him over the i'm now a millionaire and for weeks that's all people talked about was, right. well bernie sanders is a millionaire but you know he's running on this platform that you know equality and and yeah, you know, yeah. financial equality and things like that and it's like he wrote a book yeah <laughs> and i don't even know if he wrote the book i just know that there is a book with his name on it yeah and it's like, you know, he he achieved that. I'm not going to be upset at him for the fact that, you know, he's now considered he's yeah. now considered a millionaire. But the same thing, you know, if 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 uh I don't know, uh, I can't that uh, what's uh what's the senator out of uh Tennessee or Kentucky that uh, you know, goes pauses on himself. Uh Oh, uh McCart- you know, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, yeah. you know. If Mitch McConnell went out there and wrote a book, you know, and and they said there's he a logic, yeah. Bills, yeah, I would say like, yeah, that's what I think. If there's a logical means to where the money comes from, it's like that. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. But yeah, the, the illogical stuff, like how are they getting these hundreds of billions of dollars? It is nuts. And what do we do about it? Like back to your point on voting and voting being important. What I don't understand what we do to change America. And I want I want to know your opinion on like what do you say to people that are, that are convinced that voting is rigged and that we we even if we vote it doesn't matter because of the behind the scenes you know uh wicked witch of the west that's controlling yeah. things uh so your first question 
I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, uh, it's second, a mess. Yeah, but they shouldn't be able to invest when she when no, they make the, says, the, I make be, the rules. Yes, I yeah. should be able to invest just like anybody else. Mm-mm. Well, wait, you're the person who's deciding yeah. if a company is Espe- operating as a monopoly or not. You're especially if it comes down to like weeks. General Electric is one of the largest uh, Department of Defense contracts in the United yes. States, and if if I found out that. Uh, and I don't think this is the case, but if, if I found out that Nancy Pelosi's husband was sitting on the board at General Electric, that's a conflict of interest. Right. Uh, and, and ultimately, I think, I think money should be taken, if, if there was some way of doing it, money being taken out of politics. Right. If you could take away the corporate uh, interests of what goes on in politics— uh, and then, you know, and then, I mean, look at the the roads. I mean, construction around here in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. These contractors that get these jobs to build the highway, you know, to update the highways and things like that, I'm all for it because infrastructure is important. But, like, on my side of town, uh, there's one intersection between Highway 1 and I-20 that has now been being worked on for almost seven years it's three years over over time. Yeah, the project is three years over time and millions over budget. Had you gone with a contract bid that would have guaranteed completion, you know, even if it's a Certain, little bit more yeah. expensive, we've already surpassed whatever that that next bidder was. Right, and and ultimately, it's it's like, you know, these are no nonsense things. These mm-hmm. are you know, they uh, in in Georgia uh, Interstate eighty five, there was a section of it that burned and collapsed. And uh, a, a construction company came in and said, we'll get it done in eight weeks. Uh, this is going to be the price tag to get it done in eight weeks. The state, right. of, state of Georgia said, let's do it. If you can get it done in eight weeks, let's do it. They got it done in six weeks. They were under time, and they got paid their full budget. They, yeah. you know, and, and it was taken care of. And, and, and ultimately, yeah. that's a major thoroughfare, right. thorough, whatever the word is, thoroughfare through Atlanta yeah. that, that's necessary. And they got it fixed. Yeah. So – you know, this idea of just going with the lowest bidder on something is is something I, I think that we have to we have to move ourselves away from. We want the job done right. Sometimes it's gonna cost money. Yes. Uh your second question was about voting. Yes, and, and the fraud or whatever people are you know. Yeah. I think that's a lot of uh, cloak and dagger stuff. Um I so one of the things that I do is uh in as a as as an attempt to uh, understand as much as I can about the process of voting is that I also work polls. So I am a poll clerk in Lexington for yeah. uh, one of the precincts over there. Nice. Uh, I've been doing it since 2020. And uh, so specifically I did it for that election because there was an email that came out or there was a Facebook post that said that the uh, election commission needs poll workers. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, I have PTO. I can I can certainly work the polls and do that. And so I did that. And uh, we had uh, one of uh, our precinct in Lexington County uh, had one of the highest turnouts for the 2020 election. Uh, but it was handled. Uh, they they there was there was virtually no discrepancies when it came to the voting. So understanding the process and and how everything works. It's you know you're voting electronically, but there's a paper trail. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of the information that you hear on the news about how, you know, the claims that there is voter fraud. Yeah. The only, and, and I actually just recorded an episode, uh, yesterday with a friend, uh, who's got another podcast called, um, uh, welcome to Wonderland. 
where Ami does sort of a deep dive into subjects that are that that people ask questions about. And uh, so yesterday she she wanted me to sit in and explain voting. And one of the things that I explained was that uh, when it comes to the actual process of voting, our voting is extremely secure. Uh, there is when you walk in, you hand someone your driver's right. license, they scan it, they ask you to repeat your address, they're looking at your picture. The system the system's not corrupted. the The actual checking and registering people in is. Uh, extremely efficient, and it's handled at the state level as well as the, the county level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there is a discrepancy between the information that's on their driver's license versus what's in the registry versus potentially you know what they're telling you, right? Then then we can hold them aside and just get them to explain it to us. And if they explain it to us, you know, as the clerk, the guy that's running it, uh, and they explain it to us well enough, then we can say, okay, yeah, legitimately, you should be voting in this election. You should be voting in this precinct. This is. The, the issue that comes up is I don't think, uh, as far as the process goes, people understand their responsibility to voting yeah. and uh, making sure your registration's up to date. Here in South Carolina, we're, we're, you know, we've had districts that have moved uh, and changed, so people's precincts potentially are going to move. I think one of the things that we lack is that there isn't enough um, pushing for voter education telling people, check your registration now, check your registration a month before the election so that you can just walk in, everything runs smoothly, you vote and you walk out. Yeah. Uh, as a precinct uh, clerk, I've had, you know, usually what usually what the biggest issue that we have is is that we have people that show up that don't know where they're supposed to vote. Right. Uh, or they showed up at an old precinct and their address is somewhere else. I could else. see that a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but ultimately the idea is that everyone should be able to vote. If you are of legal age and you are registered, then you should be allowed to vote. And as a clerk, that's one of the things, that's the reason I really got into it was because I wanted to make sure that. See what it's like. Yeah. yeah. And from my level, just to being able to make sure that everyone could could actually vote. Right. You know. Well, what it, so we hear things like people don't have identification, yeah, for example. That happens. Is that that so? That's a thing. Yeah. How how are how are they not turned away without some sort of identification? They are. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah, they are. If they don't if they don't have any ID at all. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what we can do is we can pull their name up in the system, and we can we can see you know they can verify their address and everything like that. But if you don't have voter ID. If you don't have some form of identification with your picture on it, yeah, and the preference is either you know driver's license, state ID, voter registration, or potentially a passport, military sure. ID, something something official from the government. You can't walk in with like an employee ID or something like that. Yeah, is that consistent with the mail-in side of it? Because that's the thing that we heard the most about was the mail-in ballots being. So the mail. So we don't have mail-in balloting here in South Carolina. We only have absentee balloting. And absentee, you have to submit an application to your county that will then uh, – so the, so the county receives you, – you download and fill out an application. You send it in the county. The county receives it. They review it, and they say, okay, is this a reason that the state believes you should be able to vote absentee? Then they will send you out uh, an absentee ballot. When it comes to fraud with the absentee ballots here in South Carolina, it's really hard to prove that any of that goes on. And the only reason I say that is, is because – you don't know when that absentee ballot's going to show up at your door, right? Uh, which means that someone literally would have to sit there and watch your mm-hmm. mail to, to see if, it, yeah, right, to see if it's right. going to be sitting there. Uh, and then you you go through, you open it up, you fill out the ballot, and then you 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 fold it and you put it back in their envelope. You sign it, and then 
it goes into another envelope that gets signed and witnessed. Like, you know, in South Carolina, you have to have a witness signature on your on your ballot, your absentee yeah. ballot to mail it back. So that's that's now two signature three signatures really that that have that have basically said, Yes, I understand this is my mm-hmm. ballot and whatever. But it's 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 just to me, knowing how the system actually works, it's it would be so much trouble to change ten yeah. or fifteen votes to go, you know. To sit there and watch like an entire neighborhood to pull out somebody's absentee ballot yeah, to change it. I could see that. What about what the was it Wisconsin? What was the one that had the crazy statistical anomaly that was like for this to happen? And I don't know what state it was. I'm thinking back to I think it was twenty the 2020 election. Um, something like they were running numbers for the amount of people that came in during this certain time period in the middle of the night or whatever oh. the heck it was that was like for that statistical like statistically it is impossible it'd be like getting struck by lightning a hundred times or something so let's say let's say the precinct you vote in has 3700 registered voters that could potentially show up on election day you you take away a certain number of those that vote absentee you take away a certain number of those that just don't turn up but ultimately that 3700 is the is the maximum number of votes um in some claims are that in some districts there were votes that were far past whatever the threshold gotcha. or the number of registered voters, uh, which yeah would throw up a red flag, uh, but didn't ha- it literally didn't happen anywhere. There wasn't there wasn't anywhere that was reporting more votes than could have been voted for in gotcha. the, in a precinct, and you know and that's and and the reason I know that is because in South Carolina if 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 Biden and Trump are the two that are running. Uh, we're going to see fifty to fifty-five percent of registered voters show up. It's not going to be everybody. And really, yeah, no, it won't. I mean, it, we we have a primary coming up in a couple of weeks for the Democratic primary. Well, yeah. Joe Biden's already pre- president. Right, right. Likelihood is we're going to see between ten and thirteen percent actually show up for that primary. Gotcha. Because what's the point? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know it's nice that it's on Saturday, but it's it nobody's going to show up to 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 vote for something they know has already right. been decided. Right. Are you allowed to vote this year? So I just got my U.S. citizenship oh. December twenty eighth. Canadian. I was oh, okay. Canadian. Well, now I have my U.S. citizenship. Yeah. Um, so I but yeah. So I have to learn all this stuff. I have to get. <laughs> I have to figure out because I just didn't. I, you know, I heard it, but I didn't really. It did. It didn't affect me because I wasn't going to do it. Uh, but my when my wife would go vote, she had two weeks of early voting that she yeah. could go vote to. And I remember thinking this system is very good. If you can go, she would walk in a week early. Yeah. She'd be the only person there. And then she could do whatever she did. And then it was done with no line, no issue at her convenience. And I know there's a lot of people that like to go on the day and vote on the day and wait in lines. It's overrated. But I never I never when she was when she was voting, I never felt like there was any sort of issue. But our, but I do know someone who said that his grandfather got a mail-in vote in Pennsylvania, and his grandfather had been passed away for years. And and that's entirely possible. So I know that in South Carolina that the election offices work very closely with uh, the uh, as far as like when someone passes away. Uh, I know that there were claims that dead that dead people voted in the twenty twenty election and then in twenty twenty two. 
Uh, but when research was done into that, they found out that, yes, this person was dead on the day of the election, but they had mailed in their ballot signature Beforehand. and everything before they died. Interesting. Uh, so that was, you know, and, and, and the worst part is, is people talk about voter fraud. The actual voter fraud is the stuff that ever doesn't ever make the headlines because it's, it's not really interesting. You know, it's, it's something about, um, you know, like, like that, that someone has made a claim about voter fraud based on the idea that this person passed away. Well, how does their vote count if they're dead on the day of the election? Well, they mailed it in. You know, uh, the only voter fraud that really stands out in the last, you know, 30 years was the one up in North Carolina where a state representative, uh, he, his son and some friends went around and actually picked up people's absentee. They'd stop, they'd go to people's houses because they got a hold of the list of the people who were absentee voters, went to their houses to say, hey, uh, if you haven't picked up your, if you haven't completed your your ballot, then you know let us have it. And we'll we'll turn it in for you. They were going into those ballots, opening them very carefully, oh, changing the votes wow. and things like that. Really? Yeah. Well, he's running. He's running again. That that guy uh, <laughs> in North Carolina. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's it. You know, I think voter fraud in an election makes up less than less than half a percent of of the actual votes that go on, and every single bit of it is investigated. Like, right. like they're very serious. It's a fraud. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, you can go. You will well, do that, time. Right, because I, I mean, I saw. A, I think it was something like sixty percent of the country thinks it's it's crazy, it's rigged, or or like it's a high percentage of people think it's there's no chance that that That's voting. Your media. Right, it's That's wild. Your media. Right. Well, and now, so since you were in the TV radio world, was there ever a time that they played or that you were aware of them making up videos or playing like actors? During the COVID stuff, there was always that like hospitals are flooded and they're showing videos of, I guess, Italy. And and then there were like, I love the conspiracy stuff, by the way, <laughs> as you can <laughs> tell. Then it was like, well, have you seen that ever where they used actors or they just like got a scene that just just to make the their point? Yeah, not in my time. Not in your time. Uh, I didn't. I I never saw anyone purposely misleading a story in a direction just for you know whether it's for their own personal growth or whether it was because they were told to do it. I I never saw any of never that. Because I wonder. Yeah, I feel like with all the amount of people at the news. Somebody would be like, "What are we doing here?" <laughs> yeah, the only thing I ever did see was I I worked at uh, I worked at a news radio station in Atlanta that had uh, several very conservative talk show hosts. Uh, the morning show that I worked on was a guy named Moby in the morning, who on the radio was extremely conservative. Like it was it was police support here, military support here. Yeah, yeah. The idea that Democrats can't support military and police. I mean, I, they do. Uh, but you know, that was his angle was that's how, you know, he would sing, uh, church hymns on the air. Uh, it was, uh, and it was the number one show for, really? you know, we, we, we held the number one spot for several years. Uh, but you know, but that was his persona on the air off the air, man, it was, it was, it was as, it was as blue a comedian as, you know, Bob Saget or, really? you know, it was a complete flip. It, that was, it was the Bob Saget, Danny Tanner, you know, flip flop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I were, I, I worked at a radio station that had another very conservative news host who off the air, he would, he, he'd have to decompress after getting off the air because he was just like, it is so hard to sit here and play this character. It was like the Stephen Colbert. Yeah. It was like yeah, the Colbert yeah, report. Yeah. It was a, it, and, and even Colbert admitted after, after he was done with the Colbert report, he was like, it was, 
it was a show that ran its course because I couldn't keep up with it. I couldn't do it anymore because people would stop me on the street and they'd be like, be like, you know, they'd fist bump it and be like, yeah, F the, you know, the Democrats or whatever. And he's like, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Which, well, I, and I think stuff like that does make you lose trust in the media yeah, when you hear exactly. that. Because I think that about most, most media personalities. Yeah. Do they really think that or not? Are they just doing this for the ratings or not? Do they really believe what they're saying? And then you hear stories like that, and you're like, "Yeah, it's it's happening all I, the, all the time." Well, so voting in Canada, did you did, were you did you vote in Canada? Oh yeah. How so how is it how is that different than in the United States? So, it, well, it's it's interesting. In Canada, there's multiple different parties. It's not just a two party system like it is here, as so, there should be. So there's ex, there's the extremes on each side. And then there's parties that are kind of all the way through the middle. And then based on the amount of votes that you get, that's the amount of power and seats that you get within the, you know, what would be Congress there, what's sure. the legislature. So it doesn't turn into you get 51%, you get all the power. It turns into this extreme left party got 13%, this extreme right party got 4%, yeah. these two middle parties got the rest, and then they all have someone representing them. Gotcha. And kind of arguing about it. And then they have, they call it the official opposition. So there's the party that wins and then the, the official opposition. And it's a, it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit goofy how they do it. Have you seen videos of them? Like a little bit. They have like a, <laughs> like um, just all these traditions and yeah. routines and the way that they speak. And half of them are French and half of them are speaking English I, and they have weird. I'll be honest. Um, if I things. was in the UK, I would be so offended at the, the idea that the people that are representing me uh, you know these these MPs, these little you know the the, the they that they operate in, in what they call the House of Lords. Yep. That that to me is like it's one step too far. It's like it's like I, so I have to call them Lord. You know, <laughs> it's but in Canada it's, there's similar things like there's Alberta that is which is where I grew up that would kind of be the Texas of of um, Canada. I think it's yeah. it's like a lot yeah. of farmland and farmers and there's not a ton of people that live there i don't think the farm and the farmers is what make texas texas it's a it's just a weird conglomerate of of uh uh, the uh so for me because i have family that lives in texas i have family that lives near houston texas and i have family that lives near austin and the difference between those two locations like just based purely on politics is so it, they, they are so far apart. It's 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 uncomfortable, right? Oh yeah. And, well, and in, but it's it's similar in Canada too, where you oh, have I hear it now. extreme. Yeah. You have these extreme like the immigration in Canada is insane. Is it the the people flooding into Canada, and it's usually during times of wars somewhere else. So yeah. like we had a big Syria influx, and we've had I'm sure Ukraine now, although I haven't lived there, but I'm sure Ukraine and. Um, you, you end up getting all these big pockets of people that it's very different where you live. Like the, yeah. you know, when I was in Winnipeg, there was a huge Filipino population. So you just got to know all this, everything about the Filipino yeah, kind yeah. of culture. Yeah, and then yeah. there was a East, East India in, um, in Calgary and Toronto. There's a whole bunch of people from India that are coming there. So then you get this whole different population. Yeah. Um, and then Vancouver, of course, the West side, um, a lot of people from Asia. So you yeah, yeah. you have this thing where you're all one country, but you kind of have so many extremely different cultures I, in one area. And 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 I know uh, 
South Carolina, especially, I know a lot of people don't agree with him, but I, I love the diversity. Like my neighborhood is, is, uh, made up. We've got Pakistani family that lives down on one end. We've got Indian families that live in there. My next door neighbor they're they're from the Dominican Republic and man, he makes the best Dominican sushi. Yeah. All I have to do is mow his yard, yeah. <laughs> and and I get a I get a plate what is of sushi. Dominican sushi? <laughs> I I think it's got most. I think it's instead of fish a lot of the time. There's like fish meat. and chicken, oh, and uh, nice. and it's just spices and it's it's fantastic. I love That's it. Cooked so, sushi. That is what I miss. One of the things I miss is that the food in the South is just the same fried food over and over. <laughs> there's only so many ways you can fry something and continue to call it. Uh, Chicken fried. It's just so like, bad. It's also bad for you. Ed, I, that is that is one hundred percent true. Yeah, there you go. There's a there's some Dominican sushi. Yeah, it's got it's got chicken in it. Yeah, uh, see, I'm into the cooked sushi. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's. <laughs> I love sushi when it's cooked chicken, <laughs> and and I can use a fork. You like sushi? Yeah, but make it the kind where it's cooked chicken. And put the rice on the side. <laughs> well, and sushi sushi is just the way it's prepared. It's not necessarily like just fish or whatever. It's it's the it's the fact that it's rolled with uh, the the rice and, yeah. and whatever ingredients. Yep. So, yep. But it's you know that the, like I said, I the diversity is is what I really like, and I think South Carolina has become really really good about diversity. There's so much there. There's there is uh, we have so many festivals in Columbia now to celebrate all of the different ethnicities that we have here, yeah. and and you know the Korean festival was just um, was like a month and a half ago, uh, and uh, my children were exposed to uh, Korean uh, corn dogs. Which I I didn't I didn't know there was anything but right but like they're obsessed with these things now like we we we're waiting for a Korean restaurant to sh- to open up in really? Lexington so that they can they can yeah. have them again. What kind of meat are we talking about? <laughs> I, I want to yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's like cheese and and hot dogs and it was interesting. It, they they were huge fans and uh, uh, yeah we spent a lot of money that day. Uh, dog <laughs> chain? Korean corn dog chain. Yeah, I don't know what I when we were in. I went to Vietnam for our. We oh. did a, like a clinic abroad okay. type thing, and we would go there and they would have meat. And you would, I would ask them, "What type of meat is this?" And yeah, they would, they would say it's meat. And I'd say, <laughs> "No, what kind of animal?" And they'd just say meat. Yeah, and I was sitting there thinking, do they just not understand English to know what I'm asking, or do they just know that I don't want to know the answer to whatever they're <laughs> yeah, going to say? Pay no attention to the D on the uh, D hex board over here. <laughs> That's not a D. That's not a D. Yeah, I, you know, uh, it's uh, I, I've Vietnam's not one I've been to. I I was I did do Hong Kong. Uh, I was in Hong Kong for a week uh, when I was a teenager, and uh, I was exposed to and I can't I can't remember what it's really called, but basically it was a chicken embryo uh, that oh that when you open it up, yeah. it's it's basically a, an the chicken. It's not an egg, and uh, and and that's like a delicacy too, yeah. right? So there was a McDonald's in our lobby that, that we ate there the rest of the. I I, I made yeah. sure it was it was McDonald's the rest of the week. Oh, <laughs> see, that's traumatizing to me. I'm cracking an egg and seeing like a <laughs> full chicken, baby yeah. chicken in there. Oh. I love the thing that I loved about. I've been to Asia a couple times. I'm so tall there that it's <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, Randy. 
Randy likes to adjust. He sits on a different stool to make him appear higher, no, too. No, I was wondering no, no. your podcast if you do stuff like that. Yeah, I wanted to lower yours. I asked Brad, can you make his seat any lower? I'll just make sure that I slouch a little bit. But more. I haven't had to tell you that to get closer to the mic at all. So oh, no, it, this, is a, this is a professional thing. Yeah, you uh, know nice. what you're doing. We, uh, yeah, it's, uh, usually it's one fist away from the microphone. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, and if I can't, if, if for some reason I can't hear myself, I know I've moved maneuver too far over to yes. the right. right. Do you right. have to tell guests constantly to get closer to the microphone? Yeah. The, um, so we had one guest that came in, and, uh, and and unfortunately, due to her size, she couldn't get up close to, and we couldn't get the microphone close oh. enough to her. So I, I I just said, do me a favor, just can you hold on to it? And, you know, just that way just, it's yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and she did for about three minutes and then, before it was back on the table <laughs> and 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 you couldn't really hear. Her. But yeah, yeah uh, I've 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 gotten to the point where it's not necessarily I, they're not going to feel one way or the other about it. You know, guests. You know, if if they want to, most of the time, guests want to be the the best that they can be, and and that means being able to be heard. Uh, which is ultimately the only thing I care about is the the quality of the sound outside of the content. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, there 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 are those times where you have to go. Do, do me a favor, just crawl a little closer up to that microphone. You know, yeah, yeah. lean over. It's yeah. <laughs> that's one of Randy's favorite things to do to say. He always, I've, I've yeah. seen. Yeah. I love interrupting. And I try to it. interrupt it when they're trying to make a point <laughs> and just say that. Let me too. stop you right there. <laughs> But it, but it was literally every t- every single time I would listen, I would re-listen to it in my truck, yeah. and I'd be like, oh, I, I hope that I remembered to tell them to get closer to the microphone because I can't hear it. And then sure enough, I would hear myself pop on, get closer, so and the guys, sound would get better. You guys go back and listen to your episodes. I, I, most of them, yeah. I've, there's been a handful that I don't. Like, I'll I throw it in the car. I don't ever. Really? Ever, I never. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll get, we'll get, uh, I'll get like a, a message or something like that and be like, oh man, that was really great when you asked this question and they said this or whatever, da da da. And I was like, I don't remember that. I don't even know it. <laughs> I, 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 I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah, no, you said this and they said this. And I was like, mm, you didn't go back and listen. No, no, no yeah. I, I don't, I don't, uh, like, yeah. I have uh, on, I have I have demos from when I was in in radio back in like ninety seven ninety eight that uh, I put on like a resume website that uh, that you know if the if the situation ever came up where I found like a morning like a like yeah. a weekend like gig or something like they don't have to pay me I just want to I just want to do just something on the air, air. Uh, but like uh, a friend of mine said that she went out and listened to it and she said she said it was really cool listening to you from you, your voice sounds exactly the same as as it did in nineteen ninety seven yeah. and I'm like yeah. Professional training. <laughs> That's right. Good. Thanks, voice. Connecticut School of Broadcasting. You know, <laughs> is that yes? Well, actually, tell me how to get professional training in this. So I, I, uh, I enlisted, uh, enlisted. I enrolled at the uh, Connecticut School of Broadcasting back in '97, and uh, it was run by a couple of really great guys. Uh, the, the, they have, uh, they had satellite offices or, or schools or whatever all over the country, and uh, so the one that I did was in Marietta, outside of Atlanta. Um, and, uh, I can't remember the two guys names that ran it, but they were really good. They did a lot of training with us on, on breathing techniques. Like you never want to breathe into the microphone. If you have to, (sighs) yeah, if you have to take a big breath, just turn your head away from the microphone. It's real simple. Uh, coughing. What about coughing into the microphone? What about this? We had, so we had cough buttons. (laughs) 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 I do a lot of this. (laughs) Do you? And this. 
Uh, yeah, drinking water. There was a phase where he would drink coffee. He would bring coffee and drink it in the mic. He would, oh, so it was like a he lot wouldn't the, bring uh, his head to yeah. the side. He would he would drink it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's the exact sound. <laughs> it doesn't. You know, I I don't I don't know that it takes away, especially like for most people listening, they don't they don't really pay attention to those little things. Those are the things that we as the ones trying to right, create right. are 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 very uh, attuned to hearing it. Uh, it's, and honestly, even, you know, I think one of the things I think is funny is like, I, I do, I do usually watch a lot of the monologues for the, uh, late night TV hosts and whatnot. Yeah. And some of them will emphasize just how much, like if you listen to a Trump speech, it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah. constantly, like you'd think his, his septum was deviated or that, that he was a cocaine freak or right. something like that. But based on everything I know about Donald Trump, he's never touched a drug in his life. He's never touched alcohol. And kudos to him for that. Yeah. So I know that him breathing like that isn't because he's been shoving, you know, white powder up there. Right. I think it's just <laughs> he likes breathing through his nose and he talks so long and it's such a fluid, like conscious, like just rolling. No periods. That he's got to take in some air at some time or he's no going to suffer from no some period. sort of a stroke. I don't, and I don't know how politicians in the U.S. are just so old. Oh, God. I, I was looking problem. at a meme where it was saying that the normally in – in our industry, once you hit about 80 years old in the medical industry, you're kind of forced into retirement and then okay. the next crew comes in. Yeah. You know, I don't, if, if you told me that there was an 83 year old surgeon that was going to work on me, I would say, you know, is there like a 50 year old with 30 years of experience, yeah, yeah. not an 82 year old with 64 years of experience. But when you look at all our politicians right now, they're all in their 80s, it yeah. seems like. Yeah, I, I, so, and that's, so I've always, I've almost always been of the opinion that there should be term limits yes. to how long someone can be in office. Uh, but then I, I also recognize that, you know, politicians like Donald Trump, well, he, I guess he wasn't a politician up until a few years ago, uh, or, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, but like Joe Biden, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, while I don't agree with everything about Joe Biden, I recognize that there is value in the time that he has served in, uh, you know, in politics because that that in in my eyes, he knows and and sometimes good or bad, but he knows where and how things get done, and how to how to work with the party that you oppose. Uh, so there's a there's a statesmanlike quality to that. And, right. and I look at that as like Mitch McConnell. I don't agree with a lot of what Mitch McConnell does or says, but I recognize that there is value to how long he's been in the Senate and how long he's been a politician. But honestly, these are, no one else is going to learn that until they're gone. Right. And even if we go through a few, you know, a year or two of someone having to learn that, how to become that uh, statesman politician, uh, you know, it's it. Basically, what we're doing is we're just we're we're the inevitable is going to happen, and these these politicians are going to pass away, and there might be a void because they didn't pass that on to somebody else. Yeah, but I, yeah, you know, do you invoke some sort of a, 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 a an age limit on politicians? I mean. I mean, I know. like that idea. <laughs> I, I, I mean, do too. And you well, get. I feel like Joe Joe Biden over. 40 or 50 years you um, you owe too many favors to too many people that's valid to yeah. be to be partial because you know the guy that helped you get your first thing he's going to come knocking and then the guy that helped you win that election he wants a little favor too and then the person who gave you a big slice of your donor 
you know, donor yeah. money, he's going to have an opinion too. And all of a sudden you have 40 years worth of people that you owe favors to. It's hard to just do the right thing. Yeah. Well, it kind of brings me to this. Like, I want your opinion on this. What do you, who do you really think is making decisions? Behind, like, are, is Joe Biden really making decisions? Like, who has the power right now? That's a, so decisions being made. Um, so the president of the United States, I don't think, has an effect on as much as what people think right. they do. That's kind of how I look at um, it. When it comes to decisions like that the president can make, uh, that's why he has a cabinet. You know, he has a cabinet of individuals who are either experts in their field or right. experts in whatever it is, or they are people that are chosen that based on their experience, and unfortunately sometimes that experience lends to the idea that they could potentially be in somebody's pocket. Yeah. Uh, but I, I but that's that's the idea is that decisions the president makes are not necessarily unilateral. They're made based on how his cap, you know, he, he makes the ultimate decision, but the cabinet assists in those decisions. And the cabinet is chosen just by the president, right? Yeah. We have no say in Correct. putting who we want. Yeah. yeah. The, okay. the vice president's the only one that we vote for. Gotcha. We vote for a president, but we're also, we're voting for the, vo the president and the Same vice president. Time. They run yeah. together. Yeah. But yeah, so the president chooses their cabinet, but the cabinet has to be confirmed by the Senate. And the Senate is a hundred individuals that that are representing the states. Gotcha. So because you know, so the idea is is that you know, as long as as long as they're not wackadoos, then yeah, yeah. you know, you have individuals in there. Does that happen often, where the Senate turns down a cabinet? I don't know. Let's or, wait. Like, let's wait till twenty twenty five when when all when this right. election's over. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm <laughs> curious about well, that. Well, I because I always heard that too, but then I remember. Both 2020 and 24, both presidents started signing executive orders like crazy. Yeah. And then and it was, you know, one or two to me would make sense on your first day. Signing 85 executive orders on your first day one well, way or the other, and, it seems insane. Well, and then Biden came in uh, and signed executive orders to undo executive orders that Trump <laughs> that, had done. <laughs> Trump yeah. came in and, un, and, and signed executive orders to undo what... Barack Obama had done mm -hmm. previous that Barack did the same. Obama did the same thing Just to Bush, like, Bush yeah. because I think you know, like one of the big ones that I agreed with as far as the executive order was this Keystone pipeline coming out of Canada. Oh, and through. I'm from Canada. That was insane that they stopped that. Well, and, and but the crazy thing was is like there are people out there that think that there's no oil flowing from Canada to the through the United States to a port in, in you know in New Orleans, Louisiana. That you know, so so ultimately, the Keystone Pipeline is still running. It, right. Essentially, what they wanted to do was divert the Keystone Pipeline so that it could it could uh, run faster and hit other hit a couple other places gotcha. before it got out. See, and almost none of that oil is being sold here in the United States. None of that oil does anything in the United States. It's all being shipped to China and India, and, I and so get, I just can't wrap my head around politics at all. <laughs> or the I don't understand the oil either. Where you're we, we You're have it, like, but we're selling it, we're and we're selling buying it, it from yes. somebody else. Well, it wasn't us selling it. It was the Canadians that were selling it. Oh my the Canadians, we were, we were just that. That was the most. That was the that was the best path from you know. Uh, was is it Al? Uh, not it wasn't Alberta, but it was um, Alberta's big. Yeah, yeah Alberta and Saskatchewan. But it was it was oil that Canada was shipping through the United States to gotcha. sell overseas. You know, yeah. it might be being run by a corporation or, you know, whatever. That's who's selling it. And they may have interest in the United States. But, you know, that's that's essentially what it was. We were just the pass-through for them to get their oil over internationally. 
I got a, so I got a show topic question. So have there been any topics that you've done over the years that you're like, oh shit, I, we shouldn't have tackled that because it's too controversial or you see an ebb and flow in your listeners. And I'm thinking like hot topic, like, I don't know if you've gone into abortion or, um, borders or climate or things that where there's just some really passionate people on completely opposite sides. We've, we've done, we've done a few shows, uh, where we've talked about abortion. Uh, and my comfort level on abortion is that, um, uh, when it comes to abortion, I feel like there should be female representation for that conversation. Sure. Uh, ultimately because I'm of the mindset that for me, uh, even though I was, I am, non-practicing Roman Catholic, I, I don't recognize why abortion should be, like, I don't recognize abortion as being something that should just be birth control, uh, that, that, that the state should not have to pay for something that is just being used when they could simply have contraceptive, you know, you know, mm-hmm. to prevent my, I'm, you know, as, as far as, uh, chiropractic medicine, uh, it's, it's not necessarily just about treating, the uh, symptoms, but right, also right. improving life, so that you're 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 uh, you're you're doing what you need to do to prevent something in the right. future. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so when it comes to abortion, my belief is the state should have nothing to do with it. Uh, I I do recognize that there's probably some limitations that should be in place for abortion in situations where an individual could potentially just be using abortion as a. But it's it, as far as I know, it wrecks havoc on on. One, their mental state. Sure, I have I have very few friends that have ever expressed that they had an abortion. Uh, that uh, and and but in every one of those situations, it it destroyed them. Right. It wasn't something that they they wanted to do, or they it's not something they wanted to do over and over and over. Right, right. Um, we did have a, we did have a pretty in depth conversation about um, uh, trans uh, the yeah. trans situation yeah, yeah. and trans and sports and things like that. And prior to me doing any research or investigation into it, just to look at the actual statistics and things like that, uh, I was of the mindset that, you know, that athletes, when it came to uh, men playing in, in women's sports after they've they've done uh, they've they've done transition they've gone through the yeah. transition, that I was of the mindset that that shouldn't be allowed. After doing the research and actually looking at the numbers and, and how many are actually involved and, and you know suicide rates of people that have been denied the ability for this affer- this care, uh, children and adults, like I, I I changed my mind. I was like, fuck, it's just sports. Right. Like who cares? Yeah. You know how how important is it? Like how important is it to you that your daughter uh, uh, compete against uh, somebody who's twelve years old? that has transitioned because either for medical reasons or for mental, you know, if their own mental, you know, to keep them from slitting their wrists, uh, you know, how important is it for your daughter to beat that person? Like, right. I, I just, I ultimately, I can't wrap my, my, my mind around the idea that, that, that them winning a trophy is that important. Right. I get, I mean, I guess the argument would be safety is what people are saying essentially like my, I don't I want my daughter to be safe I don't have a daughter but if I want my daughter to be safe and the concern is the physical difference or the gap but I mean depending on age some women at you know 7 to 12 mature and are bigger than yeah, that's dudes true. except for Rand, Rand, when Randy was Randy dominated sports in that range I hit he, puberty he hit puberty so early, early. <laughs> 
I had a full beard in sixth so, grade, so and you don't I was to- <laughs> I was literally I was five nine. So I'm five nine right now. I was five nine when I was nine years old, and I was I would play hockey and destroy. Yeah, I, and I remember see I, trans Randy at eleven would just be murdering. Well, I would no, I girls. I still remember very well to this day. I was in probably fourth grade or fifth grade, probably ten years old, playing hockey, which is pretty much all I did. Yeah, and I was a big guy, and you can hit. Um, so it's full contact at sure. probably, you know, eight or nine years old. And I remember a, a girl who was good enough to play on the male hockey team when we were playing against them. And I remember saying, what do I, what do I do with this? Like when this girl has the puck, pull her shirt over her head and hit her in the I face. Well, so the, so <laughs> that's the, where it goes. So <laughs> the answer, and I, and I still remember her name was Stacy. Stacy. Um, and the answer was like, I mean, she's playing on the other team against us. You just treat her like any other yep. person that you're playing against. Yeah. And she she came around the net with her head down, and I and I hit her so hard, shoulder straight into her sternum, and I heard her like gasp and oh. not really be able to get up. And and like at that point, I was like, I'm there. I'll oh. let her skate right by me because <laughs> this is not this is not right. What I just did was not right, even if I'm supposed to do it. But I, I, I recognize that that's that's the decision of the of her parents and her. You know, if if she's going to compete in a sport that is that is male. I mean, if she's going to compete, you know, because I assume it was probably just like a co-ed league or, or you know. Well, it was it was always just it was just hockey. Yeah, and it was if a girl wanted to play. With the guys, that was no problem. We had, and, a, I mean, until, and I didn't really have a problem with it either. Like, yeah. if there was a girl, she would change in a different room or she would come in with all her stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, I never had a problem with it until the day when I did that. And I, and it was like, I had got, I, I had hit other guys so hard that they couldn't get up before. Yeah. And like, I, I remember one guy I hit that, like, he had to get taken out in a stretcher. And it was, I didn't, I was like, Hey, you want to play big boy games? This is this is kind of how it works. <laughs> but but when I hit her, it was something different about that moment that well, I still remember thirty something years later. I mean, there's high schools where girls are on football teams. Yeah, they're, you know they're yeah. they're they're the kicker or whatever. Yes. But I've I've seen YouTube videos of that female kicker just get clobbered. Right. And and you know it's a flag. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think again that's you're that's, not allowed to hit the kicker in football, <laughs> right? Or are you? No, no, you're no, not, no, not, no, not, not blatantly. Yeah. No. Like even if you fall into them, that's a flag. Yeah. But but like I but I look at that as the parents and the child have made a decision that they are going to play that they want to play in that sport at that level. Yes. And if if that's the decision, whether they are whether they are a trans child or or they are they are the gender that they were born with. You know, I, I I just leave that up to the parents, and if it, you know, a lot of a lot of what it comes down for me when it comes to like school sports and and rec sports and things like that is, you know, the equipment. You know, let's let's make sure that all of the children are protected. Mm-hmm. If uh, but uh, you know, if you knock a girl down, you're like, well, I'm so sorry, you gotta. Yeah. Sorry, that was my That was it. Was not bad either. <laughs> I, just, I think maybe maybe I'm just soft. Am I just? Does that whole story make you think yeah. that I'm so soft? No, no. no I, I think I, trans Randy would be a scary eleven. Year that's old, what. I, I well, I, I was. <laughs> if you're in a women's league, because I, I know a lot of guys that right. are that are big. Because because I, I was talking I was talking to someone about this too, and I was like. The, the hard part for me is if they've already hit puberty, like I'm, I'm thinking of my brother-in-law who's 6'2", uh, his collarbones aren't getting smaller no matter how yeah. many, how much estrogen yeah. he takes. He's 6'2", he's got big hip, his his femur is long. It's not, 
Yeah, it, timing, estrogen I guess. is not making him shorter. Right. So he's still going in at six two, and he was six two in tenth grade. So even if at that point he took as many hormones, it just doesn't make his shoulders narrower. It doesn't make his femur shorter. So there's an advantage there for sure. And that was one of the things that I researched uh, was how much does sports, how much sports is actually impacted by trans athletes? Mm-hmm. Minimal. I mean, right, right. you're talking you're in in maybe. One in a thousand. Right. So it's 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 almost a topic that doesn't really exist until, and it's not really a topic for the parents. You know, they want their child, they want their child, regardless of whatever gender that that they are, or they they believe they are, or that sure. they want to be. Uh, a lot of it came down to, uh, it was almost a disagreement or or anger from the side of the people that were unaffected by the actual situation. It almost always turned out to be oh, a you. parent of another child right. that was, well, how is my child going to, you know, how is my child, my daughter going to compete in swimming with this, this person that was male? That almost never happened. There right. were, there were very few cases of that actually happening. And except until there was the one NCAA champion yes. who won. Yep. And, uh, and and that's the one exception that I kind of look at, and you know I have to I don't know what their motivation was. Right? Did they right. did they transition because they were sixty third in the nation until they transitioned, and then now they're first in the right. nation. And and if if that was the case, then that's something that they have to hang on to. Well, for and that's the rest a good point. Life. Like, I, and I don't know anything about this. I just kind of chosen to stay away from the whole topic in general. But is there a like? When does the decision have to be made that you're transitioning? Like if like you were full male today and then tomorrow you're like, you know what? I'm going to go f- I'm full female now and and now enter into female sports. Like I don't know the timeline. Is there a timeline where it has Yeah, to- I don't know. See, I that's- and, and I think I think that uh there is the likelihood is is when it comes to the doctor care in that situation. Uh, there's especially for children. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the things that that legislation is trying to there, there are there are states in the country where le- they're, what they're trying to do is make sure that there is gender affirming care, uh, so that if a child uh, is expressed that they don't believe, so they they've they were born a male, they get to the age of like seven or eight, and they're like, I you know, you you as parents already recognize they dress differently from other girl or other boys, or they dress differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they behave differently. Uh, you know, those are things that that kind of open up a parent's eyes and and say, okay, there is something different here. Right. And and then what happens is if the child comes forward, I I don't believe anyone should push any child into sure. a decision like that. But if the child comes forward and says, I I. I'm being made fun of at school because I like this versus this, mm-hmm. or I, I wear my clothes this way versus this way. And and then uh, in a lot of places, in a lot of the states where gender-affirming care is being codified, where where the states are saying, yes, this needs to be something that's available, um, you know, it's psychi- or it's uh, psychology, you know, there's, right. there's therapy to, to see. Nobody, I, I don't, I have not found anywhere where there are legitimately people that are saying, Child says that they're a girl versus a boy. Let's get them switched. That right, right. that's not happening anywhere. A, yeah. But if you watch the news, that's what that's what you make it sounds like. Right, the average person. And so, because my, my wife, my wife worked in trauma or worked in trauma, still does um, here and there. And a lot of the topic on that on the medical side of it was 
and I didn't really think about it until she pointed it out, if a biological um, female shows up, like they got hit by a car or whatever, there's certain things that they have to check because they are a biological female. Sure. Are they pregnant? You know, being one of them. Or if there's a pain or discomfort here, here, and here, it's like, well, that's different for a biological female versus a biological male. Right. And that's where it got interesting because it, it does become confusing if somebody is a biological female identifying as a male on the tra- traumatic, like where they might not be, they might be unconscious or they may be, yeah, they you know, can't they can't say. communicate ex- or outside of like you see these abrasions here, here, and here or bones sticking out and it is a different type of care. Yeah. And, and that's where it does become a little black and white at some level because I don't know how they make on the spot medical decisions that sometimes are life and death decisions based on gender. Yeah. And, and I don't know how often that is, but it was and, a good point. And 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 that's ultimately where I come up. We live in a technologically advanced uh civilization yeah. that has the ability to create registries that it's not just your driver's license where there's, you know, you have an identifier on your driver's license or something in the state level that identifies right. you. But we have the we have the technology and the ability to create registries so that if an individual is in a car accident is and can't say you know that I can't receive the I mean right, you know right, you go to the right. doctor's office now my my like I said my daughter's having surgery tomorrow and one of the things they already know is what she's allergic to sure they know they they already know that based on her weight how much anesthesia she'll you know they know what the requirements are. Yep. And and I think that if 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 we were to able to take that and expand that to, I'm not saying putting chips under people's arms, but I'm not not saying it. Right. I mean, you know, there it gets scary though yeah. with that. Yeah. Because people think, I, I one of the things that I hear all it's the time. It's trust. Well, yeah. it's, it's trust. It's like if you could fully trust that this chip in my arm is gonna, you know, Only be for run, yeah, by, yeah. for my good, then it's no brainer. It, it takes a lot of trust. It does. I mean, I, I am uncomfortable with the idea of someone being able to under, uh, identify me purely by me walking under a light post that right. has a camera on it. Right. But, but then I think, well, what do I have to hide? I don't, I, I mean, know. you know, That's but it's like what my comfort level with it might yeah. be different with somebody else's comfort level because, you know, they don't, they don't want to be tracked. Well, Randy uses DuckDuckGo because he's concerned Google's spying on him. <laughs> I like, always, thought, well, no, I always, I always kind of thought that. Talk your microphone, please. Do you know? Do you know DuckDuck? Do you know DuckDuckGo? No, is that a is that a is that a browser? It's a it's a Google alternative. (laughs) Is it really? Yes. And I love it because you you just don't get tracked. You don't get pumped full of ads all the time for stuff that you search for. That's not bad. Sometimes they think I love it. I like being tracked, and I like when they market my style, what I like. It makes it easier for me. Well, when they come out with their own cell phone software, or do they already have it? Probably, it already, it's, it's they have their yeah. uh, they have an app, but do they have they have they, they have expanded their own app into that works and it it's on iOS and Google Play Store. It's its own thing. Oh boy! But do they have? Are, are they? I, is there is there a possibility that they're going to have their own like phone system, like operating system? I doubt that. Okay. Well, yeah. the idea, yeah, the, but the idea of it is that it's not connected in the same way where you you could look something up without yeah. having to worry that you're going to get spammed about it forever. Yeah. Or that you're, you, you know, it's just. Well, I have friends that that do all of their all of their searches in like privacy mode, 
which ultimately every time I see them pull up their, you know, they, they hand me their phone to, to read something off their yeah. phone. I'm like, well, you're in privacy mode. And I'm like, I'm like, if, if I'm holding this, how much porn is like, like, <laughs> am I one swipe away right. from, from like, yes. yeah. it's just, you know, but like, I think that's a lot of what it comes down that's to exactly is like, if, if, if there's a, if, if there is trust in the system, then, then yes, people are more comfortable with it, but there is, yeah, there is. It's 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 so likely that you know the advertisements. Google uses every single one of your searches to add Always. to advertising yes. that they can do, and then we pay them. Yeah, to, to <laughs> we send order our their, ads. We order their their junk. But yep. but even the like the whole vaccine thing that just came out over the last four or five years. Yeah. In my opinion, a person should be able to make a medical decision on their own. Agreed. Without having to be forced to do it. Yep. Even if it could be life, you know, life changing, life altering, if the person can make the decision, they should be able to make their own medical decision. Yeah. But if if there's no, like if they if there's no way to not like if you have a microchip in your arm and you're walking into a place and the moment you goes in it slams up and it says you, oh it's been ten years and one you month since your last tetanus shot, <laughs> you better go get that tetanus shot. You're like, I. Yeah. It doesn't sound great to me. It it sounds like well, it's, it sounds like much. a recipe for discrimination in yeah. general. Yeah. Just yeah. in general. Well, like you, you had can, you had companies that that were not that that employees would come back after COVID. Uh, right. You know that that there were vaccination requirements for them to come back. Right. Um, but then, like some of those companies, uh, if it was it was that they wanted they these were individuals that wanted to come back to work in the office. There was a vaccine requirement, and actually, most of those companies have relaxed on the vaccine requirement mm-hmm. because the vaccine doesn't keep you from getting it. Right. The idea is the vaccine has given you a part of, or, or you have now a part of that virus simulated in you, so that it just doesn't kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you know, so but a lot of those companies that did have vaccine requirements have completely laxed on. They've, right. they've let those go because the the, and ultimately, science moved way too quickly, and oh, I say 100%. way too quickly. But science moved so quickly to get this vaccine to the point where fifteen thousand people weren't dying a day, that uh, that there was there was so many gaps in, in what the, what was there, and then you had you had four or five different companies developing the vaccines, and one vaccine's a little bit different. It was just than the a other. race to money too. Like and, it was, oh a, yeah, yeah a massive people making race to billion. Money. Like that, oh, yeah. that's a scenario where if the government said nobody's making a dollar off of this. I would have been like, all right, that that sounds yeah. a little bit better. When you say there's going to be billionaires and trillionaires, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like they have an incentive to do something too quickly. Yeah, and there's a lab in China that uh, that made a ton of money off of it, uh, <laughs> selling bat parts or something, bat stew. I don't know. What it was. <laughs> Everybody's Good ordering marketing. it now. <laughs> all right, well, we gotta we're, yep. we're gonna have to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, We've yeah. been rolling for a while. Uh, do you want to tell everyone how to find your podcast yeah. and where and uh, what it looks like? Yeah, yeah. so uh, we have a – go ahead. I was going to say, and if the, anybody wants to slide in your DMs. Oh, oh they want to be a guest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. McMaster. Oh, I've, I've reached out to his office. I've actually I've actually gotten as far as his press secretary to uh, to even come down and sit in his office to do the interview. Uh, but uh, McMaster's has no interest. He's a big listener of this show, so Is probably – yeah. Oh, Henry. 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 Listen, let you me can talk directly. Let me, to let me him, speak right? in your language. A boy. I said a, bo- a boy. A boy. He, he is foghorn leghorn right, to me. Jesus. Like that is that. Is, but uh, but yeah. No. Uh, you can reach out to us. The uh, the website address is theallaboutnothing.com. 
and uh, we we record weekly. Uh, we actually took this week off because it had been sixty four episodes since wow. we'd taken a break. Uh, but uh, but yeah, theallaboutnothing.com. There are links to all of the uh, podcast platforms as well as uh, all of our previous episodes and things like that. Don't go far. Don't go too far back because then you get back into the episodes around you know, episode two through like 30, where it's just me <laughs> and, and it's dated. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, we, you know, the idea is that we talk about, um, news, sports, politics, uh, social interest issues, uh, music. We have entertainers and things like that on, nice. uh, we're, we're pretty politically heavy right now because of, uh, the, the, the election season, but, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. Who are your yeah. other uh, partners on the show? So, uh, Zach King, uh, he and I work together and he had, a, he's, he's done a couple other podcasts here and there. And, uh, he's, he's the guy that does most of the impressions. Nice. Uh, Trent, uh, Clark, he is our, uh, uh, uh I, I want to say our comedy effect, <laughs> uh, because his opinions usually differ from ours. Gotcha. Uh, he, Trent, Trent holds himself as the, uh, he, he's the black guy on the show, <laughs> uh, to which, uh, we go. And once, he is black, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which actually is a funny topic. Uh, how many, if, if you just heard the name Trent Clark, would you think black guy or white guy? That's a good point. His parents, uh, he claims that his parents named him Trent Clark so that uh, he could be the Either. white guy being interviewed for a job. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I could see funny. that. It'd be great if he was the black guy on the show and he was white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, YouTube would give that away. I don't away. think that that's would allowed. be tough. <laughs> Although we do joke, yeah, we we did go through a stint where we were joking with Zach about the fact that uh, he was constantly asking if he could do blackface on the show, but oh, uh, but we we yeah we, we yeah. Uh, he he put us off of that. He was highly offended that we kept going to that joke. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Justin Trudeau in Canada. He's big oh. on that. I, I I I will just ask: uh, Did you vote? Uh, in the election, I won't ask you who you voted for, but did you ever get an opportunity? Because Trudeau's been around Trudeau. for a while. I, I would never. I mean, if you offered me a million dollars to vote for Trudeau, I would still not do it. Oh, okay. I, I mean, it's just one vote. I mean, the exactly. Million 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 dollars, I wouldn't. Million? I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't be able to live with myself. <laughs> if somebody gave me a million dollars, knowing There's voting no. in in South Carolina, knowing how the election will go from South Carolina, right? I would. I would I'd would be you? Like, You'd be able to live with it. It's oh, one God, vote. Yeah. Oh. It's I, do I don't think I, I don't think <laughs> <laughs> we could come up with a list of things I'd do. Yeah, maybe if, maybe if it came up, I, I would just just throw my name <laughs> yeah. in there. Uh, well, we appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate, it was fun. I appreciate the opportunity out. to come out and hang out. Uh, it's uh, This is a great studio. Uh, and I'm sorry that uh, you're losing Brad. Or does everyone know about that yet? They, oh, they might not. Did this I break that news? This is you, you last just, show. Yeah. No, no, no. We have one more. We have one more. Okay. <laughs> We're just grinding him out to the very yeah. last day. <laughs> double and triple and push. <laughs> He's never been broken before, but just wait. <laughs> All right. Uh, appreciate it. Bye. Thank you. The All About Nothing podcast is produced and engineered by me, Barrett Gruber. Thanks to Cake for our intro music, Sick of You. You can follow everything Cake the Band at cakemusic.com. Thanks to Muff the Producer for our outro music. You can follow Muff on Instagram at Muff the Producer. I am Barrett Gruber. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Barrett Gruber or visit my link tree slash Barrett Gruber. Want to support the show? Visit our webpage, theallaboutnothing.com and become a member. There are several tiers available, including memberships that give you early access to episodes as well as exclusive 
exclusive content. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. Find links to our social media, merchandise, and past episodes. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. If you'd like to be heard on the show, you can call and leave us a message. Dial 803-672-0533. If the time between these episodes is more than you can handle, check out our partner podcast. Zach and I host What the Pod Was That with Carrie Simmons. Visit whatthepodwasthat.com for links and details. Me takes a deep dive down the rabbit hole in episodes of Welcome to Wonderland. Available on all the podcast platforms. Visit wtwlpod.com for details. As well, you can listen to the political and social conversation between Dr. Jamella Brooks and Bill Kimmler on Black, White, and Blue in the South. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe and share this show. If you're on YouTube, please like and hit the notification bell. Thank you for listening. The preceding podcast is a product of Big Media and copyright 2024, all rights reserved. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by Blank Canvas Brand. If you own a business, restaurant, or sports team and you're ready to shake things up with that new, unique image, you need to use Blank Canvas Brand. Blank Canvas specializes in brand identity, including logos and graphics for business cards, flyers, banners, and signs. Blank Canvas offers printing services to help with your clothing needs. Look, When it comes to talent and service, there is no one better. For more information, you can search Facebook for Blank Canvas, or you can email blankcanvas at theallaboutnothing.com. That's B-L-N-K-C-A-N-V-S at theallaboutnothing.com. You can find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com.